When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, aka 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode on your Over the Monster podcast feed. Uh, we are coming back, or we are coming to you tonight. It is very late, and I can't talk right now. Uh, we are coming to you right after the game one loss in Houston. Red Sox dropped first game of the ALCS, five to four. It is me, Matt, and I am joined by Keaton to talk about this one. And Keaton, it was uh, it was a close one. It was. It felt like a very winnable game, but tough way to start this series for the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating is a good way to put it. I think 
I mean, I guess we should probably start where they started. Uh, that was with Chris Sale. It was kind of a surprise. The Red Sox went with Sale uh, for the first game of the series. Um, obviously, Nadevaldi has been their best pitcher this year. Sale has not looked great lately, but they had kind of been hyping him up the last couple of days. They had figured out what was ailing him. Um, I thought he looked better than he had before. Um, his slider and fastball were a little bit crisper, but the command was still clearly off. He still wasn't really using his changeup all that much. And he gave up a lot of base runners. He only gave up one run in two and two thirds, but it really was not as pretty as that may sound, even if it doesn't sound that pretty. Um, I mean, I guess he deserves some credit for making big pitches when he needed them, but it just, it wasn't what you wanted to start off the series. I don't know what, um, I mean, are you obviously hindsight is 2020, but are you looking at this as a mistake now that they started with Chris sale and that's what he looked like? Yeah. I mean, with hindsight, yes. Um, I do agree that he looked crisper, but he still wasn't all that effective. He was still walking too many. Um, he still got hit really hard. I guess if Core is looking at it from a perspective of, um, you know, unless Evaldi throws a complete game, we're going to have to use guys out of the bullpen in game one. And then if Chris Sale does what he does here, we'll have to basically double dip. And then maybe some guys aren't available for game three. So you just try and say, hey, well, if we need to go, uh, you know, use a bunch of relief arms, we'd rather do it with everybody on full rest. But I'd also rather just win game one and just figure yes. out the rest. So yeah. I would have gone with Evaldi, but I, I think the other part that frustrates, or I mean, maybe this is kind of my own fault for reading too much into the hype, because like you said, um, the the Red Sox, it seemed like from what was being reported, were extremely confident in Chris Sale, but he never threw his change. He threw it four times in sixty one pitches. And the changeup was what we were all, well, what was being reported on as they figured it out, and he's going to be using it again. For context, he used uh, it was seven. He used changeup usage was seven percent tonight. His season usage is twenty, so it wasn't even close. So I, I don't feel like he really had confidence in whatever they thought they had found. Although he did look a little bit crisper, but I don't know how much you can put that on the the tweaks uh, as much as just him having some extra rest with having the previous series over. Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds right, and when the decision was announced, I kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt, because you figure, I mean, if they're going to talk about him being right as much, they're not going to say it unless they're right, and like you said, I mean, it seemed like, at least by the reports, that it all came down to the changeup, so you would think that if they're going to say that, then at least the changeup is going to be something that he's going to try and use. He threw one in the first inning. Um, so it's not like he just like tried a few in the first inning and didn't have feel and uh, just abandoned it. I mean, it was just like you said, he only threw four all games. So that was that was definitely disappointing. Um, and it was I mean, it was extremely lucky that the he had only given up one run and the Astros only had one run at that point. Um, I mean, both offenses kind of left a lot on the table early on. And then Kike Hernandez took over um, sort of in the second and third inning. He ended. He ended the second inning, kind of saved Chris Sale with a big diving catch, although it was a little bit his fault that he had to dive in the first place. But it was an outstanding catch to end that inning, and then um, 
It was one of those things where announcers are always like, how often do you see a guy make a great defensive play and then come to lead off the next inning with a big hit? And it's like, never. Like, that very, very rarely happens. Um, but it actually happened this time. Kiki Hernandez did get the home run to lead off the inning after the diving catch tied the game. Um, Red Sox got three from there. And then it was kind of all about the bullpen usage. And, I mean, I don't even know where to start with that. It was... It was weird because I didn't really disagree with many of the decisions in a vacuum. Like, on their own, they all kind of made sense. But we got through this game where the Red Sox were either leading or within a run for pretty much the entire game, and Garrett Whitlock never pitched. And, I mean, I don't know what it, if there was any moves that stood out to you or anything specifically, but to me, I mean, it's just unacceptable generally that Garrett Whitlock doesn't pitch in a game like this. I mean, that just can't happen. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm not a real big fan of Saramura and Perez closing it out when it was a close game, but I guess at that point, uh, you know, Robles had given up the lead. It was still a one-run game, but there was so much room for it to go way worse with both Saramura and Perez and kind of seemed like maybe waving the white flag in game one, which, again, not a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, But I, I think... Some of it I, I kind of question there, like um, Hauk only going one inning. I know he gave up the, the home run to tie it, um, but I feel like particularly the way he's been used in the past, you can get more than one inning out of him and then you don't – like you keep it at a one run, you keep the offense going in there, um, and then kind of maybe just turn it over to, to Whitlock immediately after two from Hauk and then he might be able to get you to the end of the game. Um depending on how it played out but for it to be that close for that long and not see Whitlock at all uh not a big fan of that decision making yeah I mean like I said that just seems like something that can't happen um as far as the Hulk thing I kind of I kind of am with Cora with that one um he did not look right. He kind I was kind of expecting more out of him after the layoff. He didn't look right in his last appearance in the ALDS, but he had just thrown like 60 pitches two days before. So that one was a little more understandable. I thought he was going to come out looking sharp here. And he, I mean, he threw some spinners up there and one of them got smoked by Altuve. And that was um, kind of the big hit for Houston in this game. So I was okay with him only going one. I kind of felt like that messed with Cora's plan a little bit. Um, but I got it. I, I guess the one that I had the most issue with, I mean, Sawamora for sure. You can't use Sawamora in a one-run game. Um, Robles, I thought, that one I kind of went back and forth on. Uh, Robles came in to face the meat of the order, Pregman. Alvarez Correa ended up giving up the uh, go-ahead homer to Correa, um, who pointed at his watch for some reason. I don't really know what uh, the deal with that celebration was. I, it was his was time. Strange. That's what he was saying. It, it's it was his time. time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess don't <laughs> give up a home run if you don't want a guy to do that. But it was a it was a strange one. But um, anyways, I I think I probably would have liked to see Whitlock there. It was still a tie game at that point. You're facing the best hitters. Um, but I kind of got not doing that because you knew those guys were probably going to come up again. Um, and he could just use Whitlock at that point. But then you just didn't get a chance to use Whitlock at that point. Um. The other big managerial decision, this one I just, I mean, I'm already laughing. I just kind of have to laugh at um, because it's just so over-the-top absurd. Um, 
what inning was that with Danny Santana? That was the eighth, right? Danny Santana, um, Hunter Renfro was due up to face Kendall Grave, um, Graveman in the eighth, and Danny Santana pinch hit for him to lead off. And I just, I, I mean, what were you thinking at that point? Because that was just the most baffling move um, I can remember in a very, very long time. Probably since uh, Brandon Workman took an at bat for himself in the 2013 World <laughs> Series. <laughs> yeah, I was right there with you again on this one. I mean, at, at this. It, you can get too cute with these playing these matchups like this, and that really kind of seemed like the moment where Cora just overthought it, given the situation. Um, pinch hitting Renfro for somebody who hit 181 on the season with no power. And has he's had like five at-bats since uh, July or yeah. something like that, since like early July. It's yeah. just... That's um, the two. So, I mean, that kind of falls in line with the Saramura thing, right? Saramura hadn't pitched in 35 days. So what was he doing in this game? Yeah. I mean, with the Santana one, the explanation was that Graveman is great against righties, um, not so great against lefties. Santana's a switch hitter, which is fine, but, like, you got to take into context who these hitters are. We're talking about Danny Santana. It's not like all lefties are created equal. Um, Danny right. Santana. Very well. Is Jeff Mathis still playing? I don't know. I lose track of Jeff Mathis. Um, but Danny Santana is, might be the worst hitter in baseball in the non-Jeff Mathis division. Uh, <laughs> he he just he can't get in at bat in a close game in the playoffs. It's unacceptable. Um, and I think maybe some of the other things might overshadow that. And there were other issues, and the offense had other chances. And it's not Danny Santana's fault. I don't want to rag on the guy too much, but that was just, it was baffling. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about it. It was just, I'm not sure why he's on the roster in the first place. And if you're going to use him like that, he's got to come off because he cannot be used like that. Yeah. So this, this is just kind of following that confusion. Like if you were only going to use him as a pinch runner, I get it. If you thought that you were going to need to get an at-bat out of that roster spot, it has to be Duran. Yeah, or literally anybody else. It, it, I would rather see Franchi Cordero getting that at-bat than Danny Santana. Yikes. And I say that totally sincerely. It's, yeah, I, I don't understand. I Like I said, I think he was getting a little too cute. And even if you want to use the lefty, just use Travis Shaw. (laughs) Like, you had Travis Shaw, and you used him with two outs. He almost hit a home run and ended up dying at the warning track. But, I mean, it's not like Santana's the only lefty on the bench either. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So that was, it was a frustrating game. And I think, um, I mean, look, I think games like this, we tend to 
put a lot on the manager and I don't want to make it seem like it was all the manager. There were some bad pitches. Like I said, Houck's, Houck's uh, pitch on the home run was not a good one. The Correa home run was not a bomb, but it was not a good pitch from Robles. Um, I mean, these are guys that they're going to need to pitch well um, if they're going to go anywhere, and they, they also didn't get it done. Uh, on the other side, I mean, the Red Sox did the job offensively in terms of, and this is something we talked about um, in the preview, is getting the pitcher out. I think that's what you said, yep. getting the starting pitcher yep. out early to face this Houston bullpen and that's what they did valdez uh, lasted the same distance as sale went two and two thirds um his control was just awful um got a couple big swings and misses the red sox probably should have gotten more off him um he's a ground ball machine so he got a um some big double plays but knocked him out in the third inning and then you have the houston bullpen which like we talked about it's not a bad bullpen but it's certainly not the strength of their roster and they got shut down by them um they the only guy they scored a run off in the bullpen was ryan presley who's their best um reliever so i think a lot of the other stuff is going to get um more attention but the offense i mean the offense just didn't get it done in this game and we know the red Sox aren't gonna be able to win if the offense is like this no, and um, I think really we kind of with the exception of the first inning, right, loading the bases and not getting any runs, the first five innings went incredibly according to plan, kind of how we had outlined there in, yeah. the, in that. Um, so it, that kind of adds to the frustration to me because for a little over half of the game, they followed the very obvious blueprint they needed to follow to get this – game and they had a lead at that point and then it just all fell apart over the the back half and as bob pointed out in a series with this structure being able to steal a game on the road is huge to give yourself home field advantage but winning game one on the road is even bigger and it was just it was in our grasp right there and then just kind of frustrating mistakes over the last four innings or so kind of brought it all down which is also something yeah. that you outlined in the uh in the uh in the preview to watch out for so yeah great yeah i mean this is it's this is a houston team where you just you're not gonna get a ton of chances and you kind of get to knock them down when you get the chance and i mean the thing we haven't mentioned yet and something that happened after um we recorded the preview pod is that Lance McCullers is not on the roster. So that does looking forward in the series that bodes well or bodes better for the Red Sox, especially with the Houston's bullpen, maybe being a little more tired, but um, you brought up the seven game structure. And I think that did come into play here with the Red Sox. And I was surprised that we didn't see either Nick Pavetta or Eduardo Rodriguez too. I mean, we talked about, um, Whitlock, but even if you didn't want to go to Whitlock for that last inning, I guess you're facing the bottom of the order, whatever. Um, you you think you can get by with somebody else? I think I. You have Pavetta, you have Rodriguez in the bullpen. One of those three guys gonna go, and I feel like it was the structure, and it was playing five games with just one day off. Um, I think Cora was a little more gun shy in using his starters, and I think that was a mistake. I mean, I we've seen them be able to do this in the ALDS, but we saw it in 2018 too. I mean, you just take it one game at a time and you piece the staff together however you need to after that. So I thought it was a missed opportunity too to not use um, at least one of the starting pitchers in the bullpen tonight. Yeah. Again, I agree with you. 
Um, I didn't want to see Sale go out there to start the third inning, and um, I don't know if Pavetta had actually warmed up, but there are tweets that I he, think had, he been had stretching at least. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't. That somebody tweeted that he was like throwing a ball against the wall. So I yeah, I that saw was that. He was he was like a <laughs> he was like a kid who just found out his parents are getting divorced, and he went to bounce a tennis ball against the wall. Yeah, so I don't know if he he actually like fully warmed up or just kind of like started, but I fully expected that that after that happened and uh, the Red Sox taking the lead and sales not so sharpness uh, that we were going to see Pavetta for the third, and that probably went like you know for at least three innings, uh, which I think would have gone a long way to saving this bullpen. They used a lot of guys tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Whitlock was basically the only guy that didn't use who uh, is a guy that you know you're going to be relying on uh, heavily. So I, I don't really feel great about going into game two with him being the only fresh one. I would have rather have just locked up the win today. Yeah. <laughs> and it seemed like it was just right there. Yeah. And, I mean, now there's a lot of pressure on Valdi to not just – pitch well but pitch deep and pitch efficiently which i mean to his credit that's what he does he fills up the strike zone so um yeah. it's just a matter of him getting hit or not i guess but um trying to think i mean i guess a few positives we talked about kike hernandez i guess he we should probably talk about him um for at least a little bit longer because he was by far the biggest bright spot and i mean he's been the price spot this whole playoff run he's so fun to watch and i mean just following people that are fans of other teams obviously people are not um very stoked about this alcs matchup and i can't really blame them for it but um i i saw a lot of people saying kike hernandez was the only thing to root for in the series and uh i can agree and he, he had a great game he did have another home run in the ninth too so he had two home runs he was a triple shy of the cycle but i think he'll take the extra home run instead and um i mean no i don't think we really talked about him much in the previous series, I, I think I've mentioned him just in terms of he can't stay that hot, but apparently he can. I mean, he was the one guy in the offense who you felt good every time he came to the plate. Yeah, I was really waiting for somebody to just kind of help bail him out. He was doing yeah. so much on his own. Um, And the first home run was just perfect because they were interviewing dusty baker in the middle of that at bat <laughs> mid mid word dusty bakers because oh lord <laughs> when he, <laughs> when he that was probably the that was probably the high point in the game but um yep. it was it, it was almost all downhill from there but yeah it was a tough one for the red sox obviously like we said um good news is i guess you i mean you go into these games hoping that you're gonna win one on the road so they still have a chance to do that um before we get to game two predictions, anything else that I haven't mentioned that um, you feel warrants mention here? Yeah. Um, Rafael Devers, through his first two at-bats, saw only fastballs, four fastballs, and was two for two with yes. two singles. And then they remembered, oh yeah, his arm is broken, and <laughs> threw him basically nothing but junk and got him his next three at-bats. That's something to watch as this series continues to unfold. Yeah, the Devers Houston matchup is um extremely interesting and um I don't know, I mean he has a habit of kind of adjust- making the quick adjustments, so we'll see how much he can do that with the bum arm. Um yeah. Another thing I did forget to mention just very quickly, Chaz McCormick uh, had three hits out of the eight hole. We talked about how this Houston lineup is so good. Seven deep. Um you can't 
you can't let the um, eight and nine guys get on. And McCormick had three hits. Uh, they hit Maldonado with two pitches. Um, that was <laughs> that was another big swing point in these games. Both of those hit by pitches um, really were big moments. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's predict game two. Who uh. Who's winning? What's the score? Uh, see, I just have so much confidence in this offense and Nathan Navaldi that I feel like game two goes to the Red Sox. I'm going to say four to one. Yeah, I'm saying the Red Sox take it. I'm I'm going seven two. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna jump out early and then. Uh, Evaldi's going to be hold, able to hold on. I'm a little worried once they go back to Boston. The rest of the pitching staff um, has to show up, but for the Evaldi start, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for this one. Uh, hopefully, next time we talk to you guys, we'll be a little bit happier. But we do hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, please uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if that is applicable. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster, and Keaton is at The Spoken Keats. Uh, you can catch up on all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. And we're going to be back with you uh, not right after tomorrow's game, but we'll be back with you Monday morning to uh, recap that one. So until then.